Hi, this is Thomas Durkin, and you're listening to The Famous Cat Chronicle. This is episode 2.3. Hi, folks. Welcome back to The Famous Cat Chronicle. This is episode 2.3. Point three of the JSJ Files series of mini-episodes. This is where John San Juan of the Hush Drops details for us what it was like during his time working with Material Issue. Now, some of you out there might remember Material Issue as, oh, wasn't that the band that released that song, Diane? That's it. The rest of you, especially Chicagoans, are going to remember what a pivotal band Material Issue was. Material Issue started in the late 80s with Columbia College student Jim Ellison singing and playing guitar and then finding two simpatico souls in Ted Ansani playing bass and Mike Zelenko playing drums. Together, the trio started as a band that would play every gig, worked really hard, toured the area, and got their chops razor tight. All of that hard work paid off eventually. In 1990, the group was signed to Mercury Records. In 1991, their debut album, International Pop Overthrow, was released. Material Issue released their second album, Destination Universe, in 1992. In 1994, Material Issue released their third album, Freak City Soundtrack. Unlike the first two albums, which were produced by Jeff Murphy of the band Shoes, this third album was produced by Michael Chapman, half of the famous Nicky Chin Mike Chapman songwriting juggernaut of the 70s. the tour for that album, John San Juan was called in to do extra duty. Here's how things happened. What is your association with Material Issue? I heard somewhere that you played with them, like a tour guitarist. That is correct, yeah. Explain that. Well, you know, I'd had the friendship with the three of them that was ongoing through their major label career and my uh, toiling away in obscurity and, you know, always stayed in touch. And they made their third album, Freak City Soundtrack. And I think that it's my belief is that it was Mike and Ted who were really pushing this. But the idea was like, 
Jim, Jim, you're, they were a trio, you know, and Jim, you're up there playing the rhythm guitar and singing. Why not have someone to play all of the overdubbed parts, play the electric guitar, play the other guitar parts? The parts um, that Rick Nielsen played. Right, exactly. Or, yeah, um, just yeah, things that were supplemental to the, you know, the basic, you know, grinding it out. This looks I think, I think in theory he was. He's a notorious, well, he had the reputation of being a bit of a control freak. Like everything had to be just so, which worked both ways. I mean, it propelled them to stardom at the same time. In in some ways I've heard it may have prevented them from chasing every opportunity that could have expanded them more. I think, yeah, I mean, you know, he's not here to defend uh, himself, defend himself, but I get it. Yeah, no, I think sure. Yeah. I mean, as, as someone who, you know, counted him as a friend, no, there were definitely times where, you know, I thought if he went, he could go defensive or abrasive in a way that may not have always been in his own, ultimately in his own self-interest. my first tour so mm-hmm. I, I have them to thank for that and did you go uh, national with them too like were you actually well, we, well you know we we were out for i think we were out for a couple of months that's how i remember it and you know on a bus and some of those like big old you know as was the style at the time is 1994 like alternative radio festivals where they'd have like violent femmes and eve's plum and i feel like we kept running into the same bands <laughs> during that period whoever happened to have like if we'd gone out a week later we would have yeah. been running in a different band whoever had <laughs> a hit you know in the spring That's of funny. 94 in that a sort of mid-level alternative hit yeah i did i think a month of hockey basketball arenas with NXS in secondary markets where they could still kind of draw on those numbers and sell the t-shirts. But I think there were, I think there was something about having me on stage 
that Jim chafed at ultimately. And I think there was some, it was something that, you know, and, and for my own part in this, uh, you know, I know how difficult I am, but it was something that the more he attempted to micromanage it, I think the more I, you know, sort of squirmed and weaved. And, you know, so it was a lesson for me in what it actually means to, you know, be a hired hand mm-hmm. and maybe the fact that one should be, a, you know, in that capacity, one probably should be a little more pliant. And I think for Jim, it was a realization that, no, actually, I prefer being the only gun Right. The only gun in the gang. The, you there's know. something about the power of three, whether it's Rush, oh yeah, I can't you argue guys with or that. Green Day, and, and so I get it. I mean, a three-legged stool isn't going to tip over, but and you know, for them having been a trio for as long as they were, for whatever they may have gained by having an extra musical, extra instrumental voice in there, mm-hmm. um, there was probably also a cost. You know that they may have lost some of their musical mobility. Yeah, you know, and I, I absolutely. I mean, that's something I understand more now than I would have understood then. Yeah. I think at the time I would have just been like, hey, everybody, I'm here. Isn't this great? You know, and, uh, <laughs> but, you know, I, I think, you know, about playing in hush ups, Joe and Jim, it's certainly not my belief that a fourth, I feel like a fourth person could take away more than they would add. After the release of Freak City Soundtrack, Material Issue and Mercury Records parted ways, and Material Issue continued on back to their independent roots until 1996 with the tragic death of Jim Allison, which effectively ended the group and left a giant void in the Chicago music community. To celebrate the 20th anniversary of international pop overthrow, Ted and Mike got back together and found Chicago music compatriot Phil Angotti and did a loving tribute to the band known as Material Reissue. They performed multiple dates, including New Year's Eve of 2011, when I met John San Juan for the first time. By the way, for those of you listening at home, the Hush Drops have just released a brand new EP called The Lummox, Four great songs that were recorded for their third album. The songs are great, and it's available on the Hush Drops' Bandcamp site, hushdrops.bandcamp.com. Since Stunner, it's a great album, EP, whatever you want to call it. Thanks for listening to the Famous Cat Chronicle, and stay tuned, because more episodes are coming your way. That one might be the keeper. Mm.